It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and ESPN U. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Man, one thing that I, I one thing I can't say, Max, that yeah. you said that was one hundred percent real. Mm-hmm. This just sounds better. Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, it just, it just, it just feels sounds right. better. It I just, don't care what nobody right. say. Yeah, it just sounds better. Yeah, it's not, it's the best kind of it's the, it's one the best thing sounding music for sure. Said yeah. that was right. Yeah, yeah. That's I, everything I say is right. All right, now listen. The Brooklyn Nets suspended. <laughs> Kyrie Irving for at least five games without pay Thursday, guys, dismayed by his repeated failure to, quote, unequivocally say he had no anti-Semitic beliefs, with Kyrie later issuing an apology for his social media post last week about a book and movie that feature anti-Semitic tropes. Kyrie had refused to apologize uh, during a post-practice media session earlier Thursday, and the Nets subsequently said Kyrie, quote, currently is currently unfit to be associated with the Brooklyn Nets, end quote. In an Instagram post... Kyrie wrote in part, quote, to all Jewish families and communities that are hurt and affected by my post, I am deeply sorry to have caused you pain, and I apologize. Um, Nick Friedel, ESPN Jets Nets, sorry, ESPN Nets reporter, is with us now. Morning, Nick. Morning, guys. Nick, let's start with the um, Kyrie's refusal to unequivocally apologize. It does sound to me like he is taking exception to the application of the word anti-Semitic, Semitic as though as in people of the desert, right? Like he's he's and and that's partly um, the, I think the point of his amplifying the the uh, documentary, which is anti-Jewish, like Ashkenazi Jewish. Like it gets deep into the weeds with Kyrie, but then he did come out and issue an apology, kind of a blanket apology, and took responsibility. What did you think when you heard? that he had been suspended. I was surprised, Max, that it had taken that long between the end of that press conference, and that's probably about 12.30 Eastern yesterday afternoon, uh, to whenever we found out about it, it was probably a little before 8 last night. Because there were, for all the words that Kyrie said during that press conference yesterday, guys, there were two that were missing that the Nets were very much hoping to hear and the league was hoping to hear, and that was, I'm sorry. And when that didn't happen, and then he didn't say unequivocally, uh, I'm not, I don't have any Semitic beliefs, that was, that was it. So at that moment, when, when he didn't initially just say, I'm sorry, for the pain that my posts have caused, I figured it was just a matter of time, and here we are. So, Nick, th- there seems to be a conflation of a couple things here to me. Number one, whatever's in Kyrie's heart, right? And he says, whatever he th- when you forget about getting into the weeds, that he's not anti-Jewish and he apologizes, etc. But the other thing is, it seems to me like the conflation is between what he amplified and the anti-Jewish sentiments in it, 
on the one hand, and on the other hand, a, a, a power struggle like with the organization or with the culture where or the, at large, where he doesn't want to be told what to do, right? And so it's, it sounds to me like it, it's a difficult thing when you think there's a complex issue, not that you're not anti-Jewish, he, he, he stated that clearly, but with other things, and you don't want to just be made to do something. So he got caught up in that, and then, the, and then many turn around and say, aha, you see, you just won't, you, you really do feel this way. When really, maybe it's more about his not, being, not wanting to be made to do something, not wanting to be told what to do, which is why he says things like, I won't back down, or why he won't just say the words, I'm sorry. Seems to me, Nick, a lot of that's because he's being told to do that. What do you think of that? Yeah, Max, I think there is a lot of nuance here. And I can tell you just in my experience, having been around Kyrie for most of the last year, after I switched over to cover the Nets in January, and having just some conversations with him in the last few weeks before all this started, Kyrie is not going to conform. Nobody is going to make Kyrie Irving do anything that Kyrie Irving doesn't want to do and uh, it, it's, it's really interesting to me guys because for context a couple weeks ago we were at a, uh, a shoot around in I think it was Minneapolis and you know I were just talking about life and and learning each other as human beings and I was talking about growing up in Orlando he's telling me about growing up in New Jersey but the conversation went to a place where he started discussing how much it means to him to be a bridge for all the younger people coming behind him. And, and I think he is genuinely uh, sincere about wanting to be a guy that everybody can look up to beyond just being a basketball player. And it means a lot to him that kids wear his jerseys and they follow his game. White kids, black kids, every ethnicity, uh, every religion, that means a great deal to him. I know that for a fact, but that's juxtaposed against sharing the links to this movie and this book and then saying, oh, you know, I, I don't have much of a, a social media platform in one breath and the next breath saying, I want to share things that I feel are important to my community. So uh, in a lot of ways, he is all over the place sometimes with messaging. But Max, to, to the initial point, uh, I genuinely believe him when he says he wants to be uh, an example for all the people that are coming behind him. So in that regard, there are a lot of layers here, but that's why I think it's been such a struggle in the last few days uh, to figure out exactly what he feels and what may be in his heart. Nick Fredell, ESPN Nets reporter, joins us this morning on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Nick, you've been around him, like you said. You've talked to him. You see him quite often. You're You're in the building. If he is saying that or or issued the apology and he's apologized and he has remorse for some of the things that are said in the documentary, even though he tweeted it out. And he, according, I didn't see the doc, but according to Jay, he, he's obviously looking for or trying to get a better understanding of his black side, so to speak. Why is it that people feel if he doesn't say sorry and he delivers the apology in the message the way that he wants to, 
isn't good enough? Gee, I, I think that the key is, you know, with that, that I've never felt even from the beginning a week ago that Kyrie understood just how many people he hurt by by posting what he did. And from the league standpoint, from the net standpoint, I think they want him to be accountable to that. Now, the phrasing and the wording, I apologize, I'm sorry. Uh, I think that is just a, a next step for them. So in Kyrie's mind, and only he can explain himself here, maybe he does feel that before that that he had tried to express what he needed to. But I think by making that Instagram post around midnight last night, I think that is a a much better first step towards a healing process for a lot of people than there has been. But I think those words, the phrasing, Mm -hmm. in this case, I'm sorry, I, I apologize. I think that's crucial because there were so many people, forget just the NBA, but uh, outside of basketball who, who don't follow the league at all, who were really upset that he shared uh, a, a link to, to the movie and the book uh, about uh, something that had so much anti-Semitic stuff in it. So, Nick... Uh- the apology is done. Um, do you think the suspension is warranted from the Nets, or do you think it will be uplifted? Uh, I think that the Nets, uh, optically, Jay, would lose even more credibility if now they say, oh, okay, all is forgiven. Uh, I think uh, that uh, as far as they're concerned, it would behoove them to, to stick to what they put out initially. And, and I'd say this, and uh, we've all discussed it over the last year uh, in regards to Kyrie. There are so many people in that locker room, especially the younger players, who idolize him. They love him. They love uh, the leader that he is. Nick Claxton in the Nets Center a couple weeks ago said he's one of the best teammates I've ever had. There are so many more people internally, staffers, people around him all the time who want to really like Kyrie, but they just get so tired of all the distractions off the floor. And I think right now the hope is Mm -hmm. that if he takes a few games off, and I'm not sure exactly what they're going to have him do uh, to to feel like he is taking another step in in learning uh, what's going on and, and maybe the hurt that's been caused. But the hope is everybody can take a breath and, and maybe focus on uh, whatever is going to come in the future. But I can tell you just talking to people the last 48 hours or so and watching it day by day uh, since he came back and was a, a part-time player because of the vaccination stuff, people are around Kyrie and they listen to what he says and they just kind of shake their heads sometimes uh, at everything that's happening because so much of what happens uh, is stuff that is off mm-hmm. the floor. It's yeah. not about basketball. And uh, I think that moving forward now, they've got to find a way if Kyrie wants to come back and they want to have him back uh, to get the focus on just how talented he is uh, on the floor and just how much he can help them 
potentially turn this thing around early and, and win some games. Nick, that, that's on the micro level. I, I do want to ask you a, a macro question for a second because you know I feel like that apology is done and the rest will happen to Kyrie. But don't you feel that if we are going to denounce anti-Semitism, then why don't we denounce it at a macro level? So like once again, like all these platforms, streaming platforms, I feel like have responsibilities to make sure that they don't put product that is on their platforms that are anti-Semitic. Why do you think that platforms haven't received as much flack as Kyrie has as it relates to promoting and profiting off this type of content? Jay, I, I, I agree with it. And I would just say I think people get caught up on the numbers. And in this case, Kyrie has something like 20 million plus uh, followers on social media between Twitter and Instagram. And he's got a, a name that is recognizable all over the place. And I think that's where people kind of get stuck. I'm not saying it's right. Hmm. Uh, and um, maybe moving forward, especially after this controversy, uh, these different companies that put things out, um, maybe there de- needs to be that asterisk right from the beginning. But uh, in this case, uh, I think because of uh, everything that has been built up and, and the social media following that uh, Kyrie and so many other uh, stars at that level have attained, I think that is what draws the attention. And, and I'd also I'd throw this out real quickly, guys, in, in the context of Jay's question. Kyrie, I, and I talked to him about it, and this is, again, two weeks ago. He knows how powerful the, the, the social media following is. He knows the responsibility that comes with that. Uh, so uh, I think he knew what he was doing in, in that case. I just don't think that he understood the backlash that would then come his way uh, after it happened. Thanks, Nick. Nick Friedel, ESPN Nets reporter. You're going to see Nick all over ESPN all day today with more on this Kyrie story. Thanks, Nick. Thanks, Nick. Bye, guys. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio. Curtis Granderson. Oh, that was one run of Brian Cashman's best trades, and he, he oh. traded a whole bunch of stuff away for Curtis Granderson, too. <laughs> Is with us now. It's like 40 home runs at Yankee Stadium with that left-handed stroke plate of mean center field. Curtis. Jay, you're you in know two how, places. Curtis, do you know how many times? <laughs> there are two of you. Do you know how many times? Man. Curtis, I've been stopped at the damn airport 
This one kid, no lie, was like, oh, my God, can I have your autograph? And his dad started talking to me. I was like, sure. And I wrote my name down. And the kid looked at my name all weird. I'm like, what's wrong? And his dad said, that, that, you're not Curtis Granderson? I said, no. I'm, oh, my God. It happens to hey, me all the, the time. Funny part of, the funny part is everyone messes me the same thing, whether it's social, whether it's in person. And you and I still haven't physically met in person. So this is one of the times we yeah, get a chance we, to do it. Sure. And just so for everyone knows, I'm a, I'm a huge college basketball fan, basketball fan. So, Jay, Will, you're one of my guys. And the fact that we have this kind of relationship without actually physically seeing each other is, is amazing. But I, I get all the same stuff. You should go as each that, other that for Halloween. You should dress up as <laughs> Jay Will. Next year. Hey. Dress up as a bull. I'm in. I'm in. Man, <laughs> you look like Jay. Look at that. Hey, Chicago's home. You know, even when you were here, you know, I live here in Chicago. We still didn't get it. I, I, I met Kurt Heinrich the year he was here oh, and didn't hurts. get a chance to, to meet you that year. Yeah, so he got me. He replaced me in the draft. That hurts. But yeah, Curtis we'll move Anderson. on. <laughs> Curtis Granderson, all-star at outfielder, real good center fielder, hit a bunch of home runs, stole bases, the whole thing. How surprised, Curtis, are you that the, that the Phillies, like, you know, look, I, it just felt to me that, Yesterday, they were going to win, but it didn't happen. The Astros made some clutch plays. So they're leading the series two games to one, and now they find themselves on the brink of elimination. What do you think? Yeah, that, that feel that you've been feeling, I think everybody that's been watching those games, especially in Philly, you can hear and feel the energy coming through the TV set. And I think that gives you the thought that, all right, this is going to be it. You hear about how crazy it is in Philadelphia and the surrounding area. But you forget how solid and just how just even keel the Houston Astros are. Dusty Baker has got that team going from top to bottom, pitching, defense, hitting, timely hitting, and they just stay the course. They never get too high. They never get too low. You saw them give up a ton of home runs in one game, then go ahead and no hit them the next game. And it just shows how you have to forget and just be ready for the next game. And now they're one game away from bringing home another championship. Kurt, what what? will the Phillies need to do to not be sent home in game six? Somehow, some way, get to that Astros bullpen. They have been lights out. I saw them firsthand when they played against the Astros in person. And each arm they run out there, there's no weak link. So somehow they got to find a kink in that link, get one run across just to build that confidence to let them know, okay, we can – pierce that part of their rotation the starting staff has been great and you may or may not get to them but if they get in trouble we'll go ahead and take the starter right out of the game and just send the bullpen at you so they have to go ahead and get after them and they've been lights out in the no hit game they came in held it last night after verlander leaves they came in and only gave up one run and just have been solid so gotta get to that bullpen somehow it's gonna be loud and rocking when they get to minute Maid park in houston on saturday curtis you know, a lot of people, and we talk about it on the show, have acknowledged the greatness that we see in Dusty Baker and the job that he's done with this team. But we often talk about guilty by association. Do you think people will be able to recognize the greatness that he's done in, in, in conjunction with everything that's happened with the Astros over the years before and cheating? Do you think that ever will shine through? I think so, uh, especially because of what happened and how Dusty was brought in. The suspensions followed after that scandal in 2017, 2018, 19. And then here comes Dusty Baker, where everyone's like, all right, let's just give him a team. This team is going to be kind of about to fall apart. Let's see what he can do with it. Everybody wants Dusty back in the game. Let's give him this. 
But then Dusty reminded that team how good they are, how solid they are, and they've continued to perform year after year. Then you look at his track record. Everywhere he goes, he wins. And sure enough, again, he's back in the World Series. Now, if he can go ahead and win this World Series this year, I think that puts all that to bed. But even outside of it, 2,000 wins as a manager, you know, there's only a few managers that have ever done that. And everyone that's ever played for manager uh, for Dusty Baker has only had positive things to say about him. So I think the scandal part is an Astros thing. I think Dusty Baker is his own thing, and everybody will acknowledge that. If he wins this, though, Curtis, great career as a baseball player out there with my Dodgers, obviously won it in 81. I was there as a kid. If he wins this one as a manager – what does this do for his legacy in baseball? Wow. You know, you talk about him being there with the Dodgers. He was there when Hank Aaron, you know, hit 7-15. Everyone, again, you know, he, he's the man. He's one, someone I wish I would have had a chance to play for. You know, you look down the list of players you wanted to play for, but that's a manager I wish I had a chance to lead me when I was stepping on the field. So he brings this one home, and he, he's just getting older and older but at the same time, I don't see him stepping away from the game. He could be one of those managers that kind of goes against the trend we're seeing in baseball where they're getting younger and younger. Here's someone that's one of the oldest that if he wins, keep him around and see if he can get older and older and keep winning. Yeah, hell of a player, too. Good productive corner outfielder, the whole thing. Curtis Granderson, former Major League Baseball outfielder, multiple-time All-Star, 40 home runs a year, a couple of years, at least one, uh, twice, right? You hit 40 twice with the Yankees, I want to say. Yeah, got hey. lucky there. Got lucky. Uh, Yankee Jay's Stadium twin. porch. What more can you tell us about all the amazing work you're doing with the Positive Coaching Alliance and Choose Kindness Project, Curtis? It's awesome. Positive Coaching Alliance has been a great partner with Major League Baseball and the Major League Baseball Players Association. If you think about it, I mean, we've all had coaches in some form or fashion throughout the course of our life. There's been good ones and there's been bad ones. There's ones that have helped shape the way that you've gone about life moving forward. And we all remember our favorite coach and we all remember that one that we didn't like so much. But thinking about all those positive coaches that you've had over the course of your life that have either kept you involved in the sport or have kept you motivated pushed you to do well in school so you could do what you love and be on the field or be on the court. That's the importance. And that's the mindset of the positive coaching Alliance, especially with all the different things that come towards kids. Now, whether it's bullying, whether it's social media attacks, whether it's just them trying to deal with failure, having that support system with your teammates. And of course your coaches can set the bar. And I think back to my first ever coach I ever had, which was a female. I played T-ball at six years old. She was one of my only female coaches I ever had throughout my entire career. And she treated me just like her son on that team. Now, let's imagine if it was treated differently. I might have come home and said, Mom, Dad, you know what? I don't want to play baseball anymore. And the rest would have been history. But the fact that she treated me and everybody else on that team just like her son who was on that team made me want to come back there and continue to be in it. And the rest is history. Thanks, Curtis. Enjoyed watching you play. Enjoyed having you on the show. Thanks a million. All right, brother. Thank you. you got to find a way to get me and Jay in person somehow. Uh, some, yeah, see, that's very suspicious. You never see the two of you in the same place at the same time. You look different. Uh, you got the hairline, though. Your hairline is tight. I, I lost it a long time ago. Yeah, it's it's Friday. You know, that's all it is. It's yeah, just Friday, yeah. you know. <laughs> I miss those Fridays. Curtis Granderson, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. 
Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. All right. Tune in for Football Action Sunday as the Jets host the Bills. Coverage begins at noon Eastern on select ESPN radio stations. And Joe Fortenbaugh, ESPN betting analyst, is with us to play real or not real underdogs who will win this week. Pat? Make me some money, Joey. Guys, the Jets are plus 12.5 versus Buffalo. Real or not real, the Jets win this week, Key? Not real. The Jets don't have a chance playing against the Bills. I understand the Jets had a nice little win streak going there, but it ends again with the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, not real. And I'm telling you, Buffalo let me down last week and at 10, a hook spread against the Packers. They will not let me down this week. And Joe told me told me I have to take it and I took it anyway and I lost money, but I'm going to get it back. Yeah, not real. Joe, what you got? Not real in terms of winning the game straight up, but I'd be careful about laying the points if you're trying to make some money here. This game did open as high as 13, and it's been bet down as low as 11, 11 and a half. That's not public money that's backing the Jets. That's sharp money, so be careful there. Always keep your eye on the weather and the wind this time of year. There are some games, not saying this one, but there are some games that are going to be influenced by that, and that's going to have an effect on totals and underdogs. Another home dog, Atlanta's plus three versus the Chargers. Real or not real, Key, Atlanta wins this week. It's real. I think the Atlanta Falcons at home against the Chargers, I think they win. I think they do. I think they go out there continue to try and pull ahead within this lousy division with the Saints and Buccaneers and the Carolina Panthers. Marcus Mariota's playing solid football. I think they win this game. Yeah, I think they win this game as well. I'm with the key. That's all I got to say on that. Uh, not real. I think the Chargers win this game. I think uh, Coach has got, got to be coaching for his coaching life right now with this team pretty much right i mean this is you got to turn this around at some point what do you think joe 
I'll go real. I'll take the points. I like the Falcons in this situation. The Chargers, I mean, they've beaten nobody this year. They're 4-3, mm-hmm. and three, but they've got a bunch of wins over nobody. They've, they're going to be bad down, what, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. They're struggling to protect Justin Herbert, who's still battling this rib injury. And the Falcons can get him where it hurts. The Falcons can run the ball very well. The Chargers have struggled to defend that. If you can run the ball, you can control tempo in this game. And the Falcons have been live all season long, creating problems for everybody. They've been in every single game. So you're going to give me them plus three at home. I'll take it against a Chargers team that routinely finds ways to make big mistakes in big spots. All right, Joe just turned me around, Pat. It's unanimous. Yep, turn Jamie. (laughs) He he knew that was coming. He heard that. He's like, yeah, he got Max. Yep, yep, I'm changing. Yep, I'm I'm flipping. We're playing real or not real with ESPN betting analyst Joe Fortenball. Chicago plus five at home versus Miami. Another home dog. Key, real or not real, Chicago wins this week. Not real. And I know that they put out a lot of effort against the Dallas Cowboys and they look real good, but this is not real. I mean, when you talk about what Miami's been able to do since Tua's come back, it's been nothing but greatness. So I, I, I think they continue. Now, I hadn't looked at the weather. I don't know what the weather looks like in Chicago right now, but I don't think it'll really matter. Yeah, not real. I mean, I look, I, I, I love the Bears and I love their style of play. I just think the relationship between – Tua, Tyreek Hill, and that receiving core, it's special. I think the, I think the Dolphins cover. Hmm. Yeah, Dolphins cover it. Dolphins have an explosive offense. They cover. What do you think, Joe? Tough one for me because I, I want to agree with you guys. I do see the number coming down. Chicago from plus five dropping down to as low as plus four. So there's some money on the Bears. I will give you two bets that I would make. Miami's team total. The amount of points Miami scores in the game is 25 and a half. I would bet that over. I would also bet the game over 45 points. The Bears were already lousy on defense. 19th in scoring D, 19th in opponent yards per play, and they traded away their two best defenders in Robert Quinn and Roquan Smith. Tua and this offense, they're averaging 24 points per game, but he missed two and a half games. The offense is much better with him under center. I think Miami hangs a solid number here. Detroit, you're going to see a trend here. Uh, Detroit plus three and a half home dog versus Green Bay. Key real or not real, Detroit wins this week. Not real. I think Green Bay, this is exactly what Green Bay needed. They needed to be able to have a team like Detroit roll in so they could just pop them and get back into the win column. Look, Aaron Rodgers and company has to get things turned around or the season will completely get away from them. This is a perfect matchup for them. Yeah, I mean, look, the Packers lost Four in a row. This is not real. The Packers, this is a must-win scenario. They have to be at their best. Yeah, I'm with you guys. Joe? I'll go the other way. Detroit's cost me a lot of money, a lot of money this season, but keep something (laughs) in mind. You're catching three and a half here, and I know you guys are picking it straight up. You're catching three and a half here. Detroit's averaging 35 points per game at home this season. That's more than any team in the NFL. Now, they give up a lot of points, and they commit a lot of turnovers, but Green Bay ranks like 18th in scoring, and they just passed a trade deadline where the front office sent a very clear message. We're not doing anything to help you. While other teams are going to stack up on some wide receivers and help their offense, we are not going to help you. I think this game is going to be very, very feisty. Time for the Green Bay defense to step up, right? Like it would be now. We're playing Real or Not Real Underdogs Who Will Win This Week with Daily Wagers, Joe Fortenball. Great show. You should check it out. Uh, The Rams. I'm still on it, by the way, Pat. I know that that confused (laughs) you last week, but I am still on that show. Rams are three-point underdogs at Tampa Bay. Key, real or not real, the Rams win this week. Not real. I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at home take care of business against the Los Angeles Rams. 
Um, you know, they're getting a few players back. Tom Brady's put some stuff personally behind him right now. I think he reshifts his focus. You'll see a different Tommy Tommy boy take the field. Yeah, I still think, look, if it's the strength of the Bucks. It, it has to be their defense, right? Even though their offense hasn't been clicking and their defense has questions, like I would take that defense against the depleted O-line of the Rams. What it really comes down to me, and, and I guess I, I, I'm, I agree with Key about Tom Brady, do you think – McVeigh or Brady is more likely to have like a, a kind of disastrous season. And I'm not going to bet against Tom Brady yet. Joe? Yeah, I kind of see it like that as well. I think you, the bet here is to play the under 42 and a half. But if you're going to play a side, the best unit on the field will be the Tampa Bay defense. Top seven in scoring D, top seven in opponent yards per play. The Rams have been all out of sorts on offense. They're going to be dealing with the travel, the crowd noise, the late starts. They, they came off the bye. They look miserable on offense. I can't get behind them in the spot. Joe Fortenball, we have to send you on your way. 840. That has been made very clear. You are a busy man with things to do. Thanks, hey. Joe. Washington and Tennessee are still out there. I know we didn't get to them. I would play Washington for sure, one of my favorite of the weeks. And when it comes to Tennessee and Kansas City, look for a low-scoring game there. That's professionalism, gentlemen. Even though we didn't get through all of them, I slid the last two in at the last You second. did. That's how you, you get got, done. You got through That's all impressive. of them with 13 seconds to spare. Joe Boom. Fortenball, ESPN betting analyst. Thanks, Joe. Are Love the- you guys. Best of luck this weekend. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. You know, like some, some people that you lose in popular culture, it's not even like, you know, people always have things this. to say in this net, but forget about anything else other than they can't make the product that you want to consume anymore. That kills me. This just sounds better. Sounds better, Key. I'm trying to tell you. Key, I'm no. not going to lie to you. I feel, like, I feel like I'm on the PCH, man, with the windows down listening to this joint. Here's what's crazy about hip-hop. It's cold. You have people in your life, or I did anyway, years ago, Rolex. when I tried to explain to them, no, come on, it just sounds better. Don't put that on. No, you already listen to your music. We want to put... They come you around, though. Listen to but, your but, music. But, Key, they come around, though, over time. Over time, those people come around and like, you know what? You were right. It just sounds better. It was it, it, the worst. See, Max, you never experienced this. I know Jay probably have in college, right, in the weight room where all the athletes are, <laughs> and you're in there listening, lifting, and, you know, 
certain athletes are playing certain stuff. <laughs> and another guy will go in and turn it. You'd be like, yo, what are you yeah. doing? Like, no, I'm, I don't want to listen to that. But see, I, we are happy listening to this. I think that happens way more in the football locker rooms than the basketball locker rooms, though. Like really? The, yeah, we didn't. We didn't have any of that. We not a lot of country was, in the basketball nah, it was, locker room. It was all hip hop all the time. Really? Yeah, dudes, see, black dudes. I'm shocked. Nah, they, they, no country nah, they, music they, in they, the NBA locker rooms. Not, I'm talking about even shocking. college. Shocking. Even college. Yeah, the lock, in the gym though. When you in there working out and yep. they get to playing something, or they come and they change. <laughs> like you listen, ah. it's more. It's more about the changing. You know what I'm saying? You over yep. there lifting. It's a shock. And it's like, well, wait a minute, man. I didn't <laughs> ask for that. I'm not trying to lift at that speed. (laughs) (laughs) Right. All right. Here's the question at hand, gentlemen. Yes. Who is the best team in the NFL right now? Now, let me just say it like this. Is it the Bills or the Eagles? And then how do the Chiefs factor into this? Key, who's the best team in the NFL right now? I think it's the Philadelphia Eagles is the best team in the NFL. But then when I start breaking it all the way down, I could go Buffalo, I could go Kansas City, I go Philly, I go Dallas. It depends. Again, Philly's the team because they got the record, and they certainly are showing me different ways of winning. And, and the quarterback has certainly caught a lot of people by surprise, even though they shouldn't have been surprised. But they are surprised, and now they're going to change their whole tune. If you play Buffalo in Buffalo, I think Buffalo wins. If you play Philly in Philly, I think Philly wins. Dallas in Dallas, I think Dallas wins. Kansas City in Kansas City, although they dropped one earlier to uh, Buffalo, I think if they repeat that, the Kansas City Chiefs win that football game. So it's it's one of those situations where I think these teams, if they were at home, they would win. I it's an yeah. interesting way to look at it. Yeah. It's, question, huh? the question, it's an interesting way to look at it. The question then becomes, though, a neutral site because in the case of the Bills and Eagles, since they're in different conferences, it, it could come down to that's the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. It could happen. So then that's a neutral site. So it, even if I go with that key, it, and, I, and I think that sounds right. And the reason I say that, but, too, but is what about a neutral they, site? The reason I say that, though, is because they might be even. They might be even yeah. teams in a neutral site. It's a coin toss at that point, right? So who do you like? Who do you like in the coin toss? I'm gonna take Philadelphia. Me too. And Jay, the why? Re- the, because Philly is pretty stacked at every single level. Like and, I like and, Philly on the line of scrimmage better and, and, than the Buffalo yeah. Bills on both sides but of the ball. Yep. Also, that quarterback in Philadelphia is better than those quarterbacks that Buffalo has beaten mm-hmm. in terms of moving around. He can get out of he can get out yeah. of harm's way. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He's similar I, 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 to Josh I, I, Allen in a lot I, of ways, only Josh Allen has a bigger arm. I mean that dude can pick him up and put him down. Well, he turns I, into a running back. Yeah, they've also never faced a quarterback like Josh Allen before. Yeah. And like, to me, like, I, I, I hear all the weapons and I hear all that talk. Man, Josh man. Allen is – and I, I'm not saying Jalen Hurts is not different. Jalen Hurts is but, a pocket Josh Allen, basically. And then you talk about Hines. Now that they got Hines, too. Like, they got the running game. I'm just saying, man, like, the Bills are – they may not be as talented as the Eagles, but Josh Allen is as talented or more talented than any player in the NFL because of his size that? and his frame. Got to keep him right. Wait, stop putting your lip gloss on right now. We're not even talking about your lips. That's well, weird. the camera was on me, so I just wanted to make We're sure. We're on radio. Well, that too. What? <laughs> well, that, 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 well, You're rubbing your too. lips all softly on TV, <laughs> man. What's wrong with you? Yeah, I'm just making sure they ain't all cracked up. 
But so what about you, the Chiefs? Hold on, guys. Let's. What about because I agree. It's like home field, home field, neutral site. If I had to give an edge, I'd say Eagles, but it's close, right? And yeah. Jay, I agree with you. Josh Allen is an advantage at quarterback, not that big because Jalen Hurts is having a great year. But Josh Allen, when it comes down to it, he's bigger and has a bigger arm, right? Yeah, but that defense in Philly, that it, secondary, it's tough, man. Oof, the, the whole thing, every you know, level. When you got Bradbury and you got uh, Darius Slade, those dudes, and then you got the 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 nickel guy. Um, oh God, I can't think of his name. Kid out of Pitt. Pit. But when you have a secondary like that, those dudes can play and. The secondary in Buffalo, a little thin, a little thin right little now. Thin. Yeah, I agree. I think that's right the now. that I think the line yeah, of scrimmage yeah. and that is probably the, fair, the thinness of the set. Okay, so what about the Chiefs, guys? Because people, uh, yes, the Bills. It's easy. Bills went on the road, beat the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes failed to make plays down the stretch. Josh Allen made them. So, I, so it, right now it looks good for the Bills, bad for the Chiefs. But it did come down to that. And usually Patrick Mahomes is the guy making those plays. So I can't write off the Chiefs. Key to me, they're right there. And you yeah, know what? In the defense, end, Spagnola what? sometimes makes me want to just shake him because yep. that defense go, has to get better. And that defense did okay early on. Then all of a sudden they're starting to slip away. Um, I, I need him to step back up. The defense is what concerns me with Kansas City. Always is. I, I, I think when it's all said and done, the Kansas City can be there. Like, I, it wouldn't shock me if Kansas City was in a Super Oh, Bowl, no, it right? wouldn't shock me if any of the four teams that I mentioned was there in the end. Yeah, that's what I'm Whether saying. it's Kansas but, City and Dallas or Dallas and Philly. I mean, Philly and yeah. Buffalo or Philly and Kansas City. I'm, just, I'm, just I'm, I'm taking Kansas City against everybody so in the end. I just say this. I would just say that. If we're ranking them right now, I would have the Bills and the Eagles above Kansas City because that loss to the Colts, like, it, it, that bothers me. That still sits with me. And Key talks about that defense. Like, those are things. You guys, you know, you're Buffalo, not wrong. But Buffalo lost to Miami. But Miami, yeah, but at Miami's least, is an elite good. team. I mean, the Colts I, I, have changed know. their quarterback. You got but Sam Ellinger now. You got a lot of questions I, around. Will Frank Wright even be the guy? There's a lot of questions around the coach, man. Key, it's always with Kansas City. That's always the thing: is the defense going to be good enough? Right? See, you can't help yourself. Isn't that isn't that always the thing with Kansas City? Will the defense be good enough? They're never a defensive powerhouse. Will, but here's the thing to me about Kansas City: even though the Bills and the Eagles are more complete teams on paper, and even though Josh Allen just nabbed Patrick Mahomes. In the end, I still like, I think Mahomes is the guy, right? Like I think more often than not, he's going to get I, it done. It'd be interesting. I want to. I want to see who Kansas City has Tennessee this week. I want to see what they do with uh, Tony uh, Kadarius Tony. I want to see what they do they with Kadarius Tony. Yeah, because he's always had a special player. And when I say he, I mean Andy Reid. But Eric Bieniemy will call the plays. But <laughs> they've always had this special guy. Whether it was Deshaun Jackson. In, in Philadelphia that they would do things with. and, and Or it was Tyreek. Westbrook in Philadelphia. It was Tyreek in KC. guy who's just faster than everyone else. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like so I always had yeah. like a, a, a specialty-type guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, by the way, and, and on that team, he doesn't have to be going nuts just on certain plays. He needs to give you a big you know, a big splash. Uh, that, that's, a, that's a bad weapon for the rest of the league for Kansas City to get their hands they on. They will. Kyrie Irving has been suspended for five days. Five days. Has anyone handled this right? This whole thing, top to bottom. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, we get into it on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. 
Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.